next several weeks, we are in summer mode, hence the, where, where's your Hawaiian shirt, huh? You need to, need to have that on. I saw one or two at least, but uh, we're going to be in summer mode for the next few weeks. You heard about hot dogs and different things next Sunday uh, through our student ministry that'll be here and it'll be fun. And so uh, we're, we're going to be in, in having guests in different weeks and different ministries taking place over these next several weekends. So it's going to be a fun, fun summer. And then the Lord willing, we're going to, for those of you who like to go through a book of the Bible or whatever and, and that kind of thing, we're going to be doing the book of Ephesians together, uh, the Lord willing, in August. And so uh, we'll talk more about that as it gets closer. But uh, we're doing something different during the summer months, and I know it's going to be a blessing. Every weekend's going to be powerful, and it'll be an opportunity for you to invite your guests and to share online as well. Make sure you always share the message. No matter who's speaking, no matter what's going on, you never know who it's going to reach and who's going to be ministered to as a result. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about mental health. And the reason why I'm going to be talking about this topic is two reasons. One is you asked for it. Okay, you asked for it. We did a survey a few weeks ago and asked you to respond to how you're doing and uh, to some topics that maybe uh, would, would help you. And this was one of the top topics that came out of that survey. The second reason why we're talking about this topic is because it is so prolific in our culture especially at this time. Let me give you some stats. I think we're going to pull them up. The CDC uh, recently said more than half of Americans will receive a mental illness or mental disorder diagnosis in their lifetime. Next one. 38.86% of adults have experienced a mental illness in the last two years. There's a growing percentage of United States youth, 19% in 2021, as growing, it's been growing, uh, lived with major depression. Barna says of clergy stress, there's a new high of 41% of ministers in this country considering quitting this year. Suicide hotline grew by 900%, can you imagine, over the pandemic. And antidepressants have gone up 300% over just the last year. How many can see we need to talk about this? We need to talk about this. And uh, here, here's the thing. I, I just want to take some, some thoughts away from this. Um, it affects everyone to some degree. Would you agree? That, that all of us at times can deal with stuff. For instance, you, you can think, okay, today I'm going to have a good day. Today I, I'm, I'm not going to struggle like I have before. Only to nosedive. Have you had that happen? And, and, and to all of a sudden, you know, go to a place of darkness and depression and discouragement, anxiety and fear after you told yourself, I'm just not going to do that. And I just want you to know if that has happened to you, that you are normal. Okay. You are normal because we are broken people. We are broken people. And listen, uh, we're a broken church for a broken world. If, if you came looking for the perfect church, it's not here, all right? Because none of us are perfect. And, and I'll just let you in on something you're not either, all right? So even if you thought you were uh, before you came, but, but we're not perfect. And if... And I just want to say in the realm 
of mental illness and struggles of emotions and things like that. In some circles of the church world, there's been a stigma to that. Um, that different from other things, you know, somebody has heart disease or whatever, oh, come up here, we'll pray for you. But if you've got something mental going on, well, what is wrong with you? You need to just claim the Bible, you know, or we just need to pray that out of you or whatever. And I just wanna say, just like your heart is an organ, so is your brain. And, and you take medicine, some of you, for your heart. And some of you maybe need to take medicine for your brain. And there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, there are studies that say there are nine causes of depression. And out of those nine causes, two of those involve chemical or chemistry kind of issues. And, and if you struggle in one of those areas, chances are medication would help. And, and if you're like, well, Craig, are you telling people to take pills? I'm saying if you need to, yes. If you don't, then don't, okay? And I, I can't figure that out for you, but there are people that can help you to do that. And when we come into this realm and come into this area, my hope is that, that you will be helped today and that you will understand that you're in the right environment to receive help. I want you to know that this church sponsors six sessions of free professional Christian counseling to any member of Crossroads Church. I don't know if you knew that or not. to help you to just figure out what, what is the issue? What, what is the problem? And, and we also have recovery counseling. If you are in substance abuse, maybe you started taking something and now it's taken you. And, and if you're suffering that way and you need help to get free of that bondage, then I want you to know we offer also free addiction counseling. Somebody give God praise right about now. Plus we have divorce care, grief share, through two of the most traumatic events that anyone can encounter in this life, we offer help. But, but here's, here's what I also want to say. Sometimes we're our worst enemy. Can you admit to that? That, that, that sometimes it, it's, not, it's not all the chemical stuff. Sometimes it's the mental stuff that we just think. And, and this is where I want to come to today because this is an area where we can help ourselves. We can help ourselves to be better. We can help ourselves to grow. We can help ourselves to, to be better. And, and so, for example, one thing is, is if you get your mind fixated on something, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you just, you're just fixated on it then let me tell you something. That's a recipe for disaster. You know, if, if you get fixated on buying a car you can't afford. Hello, somebody? <laughs> a house you can't afford or whatever. If you get fixated on that, how many know that's a recipe for disaster? And, and you, you can pay for that literally for years. Uh, to try to get out of that bondage. But, it, but here's also what happens. When you get fixated on something you don't have in your marriage, but this person at work seems to offer that. How many know that's a recipe for disaster? And, and so we can control our minds. Say amen. Because you can. You, you can control your mind, but we all struggle in this area, but we all want to be better. So I'm going to read a story today, a real life story out of the scriptures about a man who had it going on, 
All right, so this, this is not some low-life person that just, you know, no wonder he struggled mentally or whatever. No, this is, this is somebody that had it going on. And yet, he went from the highest high to the lowest low and, and got to a point that you just can't even imagine that somebody like that could get to. And I'm talking about the prophet Elijah. Elijah was this man of God. He is, he is mean to the bone as far as being able to handle himself. I mean, he, he challenges the enemy to a challenge in 1 Kings chapter 18 and says, hey, I'll tell you what, let's put two sacrifices up here on the mountain and the God who answers by fire, that's the true God. That's bold. And, and so the, the Baal prophets are dancing around, you know, and, and, and trying to get their God to see them and all. And he says, maybe you need to dance a little faster. I mean, he, he's, like, he's like talking smack to these guys. And, and, and he's, he's like, you know, maybe you, if you'd spin around a little more and maybe, maybe your God's taking a nap right now and, and he's just doing all this stuff. Well, they just start cutting themselves and whatever and trying to get their God's attention and nothing. And, and so finally, they're like, okay, your turn. And Elijah says, God... Show yourself. Prove yourself. And fire comes down. After the sacrifice has already been dumped on with a whole bunch of water, so it was already impossible. Now it's really impossible, but not for God. And God comes through. Now you would think, that is one bad dude. That, you don't mess with Elijah but let's pick up the story right after that event in chapter 19, verse 2. So Jezebel, hey, don't, don't use that name for your child, all right? So just put that out there in case somebody's pregnant or whatever, and you're looking for baby names. Yeah, there, there's a lot better names, all right? So Jezebel who is Israel's king's wife. And she's like the neck that turns the head, only she turns it the wrong way. And, and so she's like evil to the core. And here's, here's what she does. She, so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Okay, so she's got Facebook. And so she, she sent a message. She's messenger and, and she sends a message to Elijah and says, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of them. And, and so, you know, this is like you getting a mean tweet, okay? Or a mean message, a, a DM, a text, and you're like, oh, man, They're, I posted that picture, and look at them saying that. And, and I, I told about, I, I made myself vulnerable out there, and look at what they sent to me. And so what does Elijah do when he gets this message that pops up on his phone? Does he say, uh, my God is the God of fire. Better watch it, woman. You don't mess with me. People who messed with me, I mean, they're, they're not even here anymore, you know? So, so don't be messing with the man of God. Is that what he does? Uh-uh. No. You know what he does? He goes to a dark place. Look at this in verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. In, in verse three, it says, says, and when the, he came to Beersheba, so, so already he's afraid, 
He's running away, and look at what he does next. He left his servant there. Don't get alone. See, he, he does all these terrible things. He, he's afraid. He runs, and he leaves his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came to a broom bush and sat down under it and prayed. Now look how low he gets here. He prayed that he might die. I wonder how many have prayed that prayer. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. See, he goes from a mountaintop experience, literally, to a valley moment in a second. In like a nanosecond. And, and don't think that that can't happen to you. That, that, you know, and, and you look at yourself and you're like, what? I just had a great week. I, I just had all this good stuff happen. Why should I be depressed? Why should I feel discouraged? Why should I be feeling this way? And, and what happens is, is something triggers it. And, and for Elijah, it's this message it's just a message. It's just something there. But you can, you can be Hollywood good looking and still have this happen. Recently, the family of Naomi Judd said, Mom struggled for years with mental illness, and now her struggle is over. See, it, it doesn't matter who you are or how much money you make or don't make. That has nothing to do with it. Elijah was a man's man. He was, a, he was bad to the bone. He was powerful with God. He, he was influential. He's at the height of his profession at this moment, and yet he sinks to the lowest low. So how do we do this. I want to talk to you about mental health and how we can change the subject matter. You, you can change the subject matter. We, we, can, we can get some help here today by analyzing the life of Elijah. Look at the first thing, and that is that self-care matters. It matters. There's a reason why on the airplane they say, hey, if you're here with a small child, when, if we need oxygen, you get yours on first. And you think, well, no, I shouldn't take care of myself. I should take care of my child first. I, should, I always want to put others first. And they're like, no, dummy, you'll be dead. And, and they might be too by the time you get it on their wrestling little head there and, and everything. And all you need to get yours on first. Then you can help others. And this is simple, isn't it? But how many know it's easy to ignore? You know, it's like, well, I want to work out. And then you ask the question, well, oh, how many times a week do you work out? Uh, well, I don't right now. But back before the pandemic, you know, you're like, wow, okay, two years, or how long has this been? And the angel, here's what the angel says to this, what Elijah's going through. Look at this in verse five. Let's pick it up where we left off. All at once, an angel touched him, and what did the angel say? Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water, and he ate and drank, and then he lay down again. 
And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. I want you to notice that the angel said, you need to eat. And and notice he didn't say vegetables. And notice he didn't bring him some you know, kale salad or whatever. I, I want somebody to know he brought him some carbs, amen? That's right. Thank you, Jesus, all right? So brought him some carbs, because. but I'll tell you why. He's getting ready to exercise. He's getting ready to walk a long journey, a long walk. And so he says, you need to get up. That's step one, get out of bed, right? Get up out of your molly grubs. Get up out of your, off your sofa. Get up off your face. Hello? Get up, get up today, get up. Somebody there, you're not even here today. You're at home or wherever you are. Get up, get up. You need to get up. Angel says, get up, eat, drink some water. We have a nation that is dehydrated. We know, some of us know we ought to be drinking water and we don't do it. Hello? You didn't know you were going to get this kind of preaching today, did you? It's like, let's talk about that angel again or whatever. But the angel said, you need some water, you need some bread, you need some nutrition. And we live in a country where our diets are whacked and we're dehydrated and we don't sleep well and we wonder why we're messed up. Bottom line is self-care. And there are some people maybe listening to me today that you need to take an evaluation of your life and, and there needs to be some correcting. Because if you don't correct it, what's gonna happen, I promise you, you make bad decisions when you're tired, weary, discouraged, depressed. How many have ever made some of the worst decisions of your life when you had that going on? And so what we've gotta do, we gotta take care of ourselves. And I'll tell you one thing, one thing, and I'm preaching to myself right now, we're, we're, we're Sabbath breakers. You know, there's 10 commandments, and, and some of us do pretty good with nine. We're not committing adultery. We're not whatever. We're not lying. We're not, you know, we're, we're not bearing false witness, all those things. But, but some of us, we're not too good on that Sabbath one to really rest. And I'll tell you, one of the things you need to rest from is this. Every seven minutes picking this thing up, if you can't go seven minutes picking this thing up and checking messages and things like that, you got issues, all right? You got issues. I'm your friend. And as a friend, I'm just telling you that that's an obsession, And you need to sleep with it in another room at night and break an addiction, perhaps, to a device that that is keeping you. I I don't have time to go into science. You, You can Google it yourself and just figure out that people who look at their phone and stare at it for an hour before bed don't sleep well. So you can say, oh, that's not me or whatever, and keep on not sleeping well. Or you can follow the science, okay? Here's a quote. Uh, Bring that up for me. This is a quote from Stephen Yardy. Here's what he says. We were never designed for the sedentary, indoor, socially isolated, fast food laden, sleep deprived, frenzied pace of modern life. Just, you, you weren't designed for that. That's just been recent. That's just been coming on in the last few years, and it's, I believe, a reason why we struggle like we do in our culture. So here's what I'm just going to tell you. Some of you, here's a word from the Lord. Change your lifestyle. 
change your lifestyle. And you may say, well, Craig, you don't understand the pressures of my job. It's a stressful environment and, you know, and whatever. And I'm just telling you, if it's chaotic and, and it's, it's strangling you, if it's costing you, if that job is costing you your mental health, the paycheck's not worth it. The paycheck's not worth it. I don't care what the paycheck is. It's not worth it. And, and so your body affects your mind. And Elijah was exhausted. He was exhausted. His life had gotten complicated. And, and he needed to simplify it. And, and here, let's pick it up in verse 9. The word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, What are you doing here? And I, th- I, 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 I want to highlight the word here. What are you doing here? Not, not just physically, but what are you doing here mentally, Elijah? Yeah, yeah what are you doing here? What, what's going on? And, oh, he's got an answer, doesn't he? You've got one too, don't you? If somebody asks you what's going on. And he, said, he replied, well, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword, and I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Can somebody say paranoid? (laughs) The Lord said, go out. Get out of the house, Elijah. And go stand on the mountain and get out nature, Elijah, and and get out on that mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. See, see, here's what the enemy wants you to do. He, He wants you to buy into a lie. See, Elijah... He's beyond just coming to a conclusion. He's coming to an illusion. An illusion that I'm all alone. The illusion is nobody cares about me. I'm the only one. Nobody's ever faced these demons like I have. The world's been around for thousands of years, but nobody's fought it like me. It's poor me. I, I just... And he's coming into this illusion that life's just not worth living because of my condition. But I want you to see it's an illusion here. And here's here's a second point to write down. First of all, you need to know self-care matters. But the second thing you need to know today is that presence matters too. Presence matters. In other words, don't stay in the dark. Elijah, don't, don't stay back here all alone by yourself and all this. You need to come out into the light. You need to get up on this mountaintop, and I'm going to show you something because how many know God said, I am the light of the world. I'll bring light into your life. Can I get a witness today of at least five people that your life had been full of darkness until Jesus came into your life and he turned the light on? That was more than five, all right? So, so here's what Psalm 1611 says. It says that you will fill me with what? Joy in your Presence. See, there's joy in the presence of the Lord with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So God has joy in his presence. And so this is why the enemy keeps you out of church. Hello? This is why the enemy wants to rule the music that you play in your car. This is the reason why the enemy wants to rule the music that comes to your AirPods. The reason why he wants to own the airwaves is because he knows there's power in praise. There's power in the presence of God. And so here's what happens. Your focus shifts when you come into his presence. Some of you, you you come to church on Sunday and and it's just, it's really just to help get a lift for the week, if you were to be honest. 
It's just get a lift for the week because you, you get lifted. Because that's just what worship does. Worship takes us from life's darkness into God's marvelous light. It, it shifts us. It shifts our perspective. See, I came in here today worried about my bills. I came in here worried about my future spouse. I came in here worried about my marriage. I came in here worried about my kids. I came in here worried about my mind. I came in here worried about my soul. But all of a sudden, they started singing up there. All of a sudden, worship started to get lifted up. And I got lifted up, too. See, I, I can feel overwhelmed. I'll just tell you, there's times where I feel overwhelmed. Can I be honest with you? There, there's weeks when I'm like, what do I do next? How do we, God, you want to do some big stuff. And I just don't feel big enough for that. That's, that's some big vision that you want to accomplish. So I, I don't think you're just wanting us to reach a town in Indiana. I think you're calling us to reach a county in Indiana. And that's big stuff. And I just don't know. And then, then I think, okay, we're going to do this. And then the, the big honking air conditioning unit back here conks out last week. And I don't know how many have had your air conditioning unit conk out at your house, but it probably is not going to cost you $40,000 to fix it, to get a new one craned in and all this. And I'm like, what? God, we're trying to raise money for missions. We're trying to do big. We got a serve day coming up. It's going to be the biggest serve day we've ever had in this county. We're going to go all over the place and serve that day and show God's love north, south, east, and west. And we've got money put aside to put toward that. And we've got money put aside to give to missions yet this year. We got money for stuff like that. But we don't have the air condition fund for $40,000. Check out, check out this, check out this spreadsheet, God. There's no line item for that. But you know what? I just start singing and start praising him. And I start reminding myself, I remember when we needed way more money than that to move into this building. I remember when we had to buy this property. I remember when we needed money to be able to do mission trips. And God provided every single time. And the same God who provided yesterday can provide tomorrow. See, you got to get your worship on. You got to fill your mouth with something besides I'm the only one. No, you're the only one, God. How about that song? Instead of singing about yourself, to start singing about your God. Instead of start sing, starting to sing about your problems, shift the lyrics over and start singing about how great is our God. <laughs> fill your house, fill your mind, fill your car. <laughs> you get the picture. All right, here's the next verse. Verse 11. Then, okay, he's up on the mountain. Then a great, powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rock. Woo, we're about to have church. Come on, somebody. Before the Lord, but look at what it says. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. Oh, now we're shaken. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, came a fire. Come on, somebody, some earth, wind, and fire going on here. So, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, here, catch this, catch this, this huge, came a gentle 
whisper. That was God. See, some of us want a fire, don't we? Some, oh God, get my enemies. God, show up, shake, shake my boss's office, you know? God, shake my ex, straighten her out. God, do you, right? And, and, and but that's not what God does here. It's a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And, and see, when he does this, when he does this, he, he starts to hear God again in his life. Because God, I think, prefers the whisper. And here's why I just think God prefers the whisper. Because I have to get close to hear it. See, I have to be close. You, you can hear a whisper, but you got to get close. You can't be out here. You can't have all the noise of the world. Hello, somebody? Can't have all the noise of the world and all this stuff going on around you and hear God because God's not going to check up the volume. Instead, God's going to say, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. But some of us, aren't listening because we're too noisy. There's too much noise. So here's what happens. When he hears the whisper, his perspective starts to change. Let's pick it up. Verse 13. Then the voice said, now, now it's gone beyond. Now we're going to hear a voice from God. You want to hear God's voice. You've got to tune out everything else. See, you, you've got to tune out everything else. And here's what he says again. I love this. I love how God tries to get us to think. You know, a lot of counselors do this too. Well, what, what do you, how's that make you feel? And you're like, I don't know. You need to tell me. <laughs> how am I supposed to feel or whatever, right? And, and so God asked a question again. What are you doing here? Eli? Not, not just physically, but what, what's going on mentally with you? And he replied, the same story. How many have the same story? It doesn't matter how many people you talk to. It doesn't matter who asks the question. You got the same response. You got the same thing, the same excuse. You know, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, thrown down your altars, put down your prophets to death with a sword. And I, oh, here, here we go again. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me Two, how many know the enemy loves for you to maximize the bad and minimize the good in your life? And, and, and look at these things and, and, and see, that's what he did with Adam and Eve. We don't have time to tell that story, but many of you remember that, how the, the first woman and man came together and, and the enemy said, God's not that good after all. Because he's holding out. There's one tree you can't eat. And, and you just can't trust that kind of God. And, and see, what happens is, is you've got to watch your mind. That's why you've got to renew your mind every day. Because the world is preaching some junk I could have used a lot of different words there, but junk that comes out. And, and I'm telling you, if you want to see some junk, just watch about 15 minutes of reality television and you, you'll get a download of what the world has to offer. Verse 15, let's finish the story. And the Lord said to him, go back. Sometimes you got to go back. Sometimes you, you just got to go back. You got to rewind the tape. Back and, and get back there and deal with some stuff. 
all right? And he says, go back the way you came, go to the desert of Damascus, and when you get there, you're gonna do something new this time. This is the new Elijah. You're stepping into the new you today. It's not the you of yesterday, it's the you of today and tomorrow and your future. Here's what you need to do. And he says, you, you go there, you anoint Hazel, king over Aram. You also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint, this one's huge, anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Behola, to succeed you as prophet. So you need to be pouring in to somebody else, Elijah. Because the way you get all focused about yourself, because you're all focused about yourself. If you come out of yourself and start serving somebody else, hello, serve day, hello, all these opportunities around Crossroads to join the dream team and to serve. If you come out of yourself into a greater self to serve other people, it would give you a purpose in your life and all of a sudden all that other stuff would fade away in your life. So Jehu will put to death any escape by Don't worry, they're going to handle Elisha will put to death whoever escaped. And yeah, and notice this is huge. God is going to call him out right here in verse 18. Yet, by the way, I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. In other words, you're not alone after all. And and I don't just have two other people. I happen to have 7,000 people that are just like you, Elijah. And here's the third thing to write down. We'll wrap this up is community matters. Because here's what God is saying. Get back to people. Quit crawling in a hole. Quit leaving your servant behind. And I'm just gonna go down here. I just need to get all up. Why is it that one of the first things the enemy tries to do is get you to quit going to church? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, that's the morning the all hell breaks loose at home. Can we just be honest, you know? I mean, and, and you, people invite you to stuff, and it's like, oh, it's, and it's on Sunday. Hello? And, and so what happens is, is we are out of an opportunity when we're not around people to hear their story. Because I'll guarantee you, if you start talking to people, has this happened to you, where you thought you were having a bad day and then you met somebody else? And then you're like, well, I guess I should just raise both hands and praise God right now. I guess I should just be grateful and thankful for what God has done in my life. Let let me just put it this way. The length of your struggle will often be the length of your isolation. So however long you decide to be alone and and do it on your own and what that's how long you probably struggle. And if you say, well, I, I just can't find freedom, Craig. I, and, and here's what God says. Well, I've got, I've got freedom. It's in my house. It's in my house. If you'd go, they've got divorce care for you that are divorced. They've got grief share for those who are grieving. They've got counseling for those who need it. They've got therapy for those who are in recovery. They've got all these different things to offer, and you're not going there. You're not seeking the help. You're not a part of the dream team. You're not going with other people. And get the focus off yourself and start greeting at the door and showing people gratitude that they showed up today. And all of a sudden, you might decide that I'm not so miserable after all. I mean, that's good preaching, whether you think so or not, all right? So here's what I want to say. I'll just wrap this up with this. You're in a church today that wants to run this race with you. And from someone who's run, I've not run a marathon as yet, don't know if I will, but I've run a half, it helps to have somebody with you. 
because I'll just say that last mile, that last mile plus, mm, every park bench looked good to me. (laughs) Every one of them. I I couldn't find a bad one, you know. And, uh, but I was running with a friend and he said, we got this. We can do this. Come on, come on. It's just one more mile. And I thought, that's right. It's just one more mile. I want you to know today, it's just one more mile. It's just one more mile. It's just one more day. It's just one more week. And the God who got you to here is gonna get you on to the next level to the next place. God brought you here this morning. You're tuned in today for a reason because God told me to tell you that you can do this through his strength, through his power. There's some things you can do. Some of you, you need to get out there. Some of you, you need to serve. Some of you, you need to get your mind in check. Some of you, you need to start drinking some more water, less coffee, and and some stuff like that. There's some things you can do, but I'm telling you, God will be there, and he's got a whisper for you today if you're listening. Let's pray. Father, for those who maybe haven't heard you because there's been too much noise. Today, help us to clear out the noise, to clear out the stuff that crowds you out. Maybe you're here today, or maybe you're watching online. You'd say, Craig, that's me. I I think sometimes I just, the busyness, oh, the busyness of life. It just, it gets overwhelming at times and, 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 and I get stressed and whatever. And then today I, I realized maybe what I need to do is just get more quiet so I can hear God. Anybody with me today, you'd raise your hand and say, yeah, I think I could use some more quiet in my life. I think I could hear God a little bit better. Yeah, hands all over this room. If that's you at home or wherever you are, just stretch your hand toward the screen right now. Father in heaven, You have a prescription for us that will help us to eliminate so much stress in our lives if we'd cast our cares on you. If we'd really know that you are God. If we'd be still and hear your voice. God, help us to do that this week, to make time for you so that you can speak into our lives today. Maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God is the bottom line. The reason why you struggle is you're trying to do it on your own power, in your own way. You're just trying to live your life as though God's not in it because really he's not. You don't think about what he wants. You don't think about what his will is for your life. You just kind of do your own thing. And then you wonder why your life feels empty most of the time. I would say it's because something's missing. Someone is missing. And that someone is the living God, your father, who made you, who formed you in the womb, who had a purpose and a plan for your life before you were even born. And that same God is here today to help you to know your purpose and to live it out in this life with power like you've never maybe experienced before. And if you say, Craig, that's what I need. That's I I realize that's what's lacking in my life. I need God in my life. Would you just stretch your hand up toward the Lord? If that's you here in this place today, just raise it up. Yeah, just raise it up. And as they're doing that, if you're at home or wherever you are, just type the word decided in the chat and we're gonna pray for you as well. As a matter of fact, I want all of us to pray this prayer right now so that those around you who raised a hand will have boldness to pray it out loud as well. Just follow after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus 
to die on the cross for me. I believe through his death, he made a sacrifice for me so that I can be holy before you. So from this moment on, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Come in and be my savior. Come in and be my Lord. Speak into my life. Give me your Holy Spirit so I have power to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Somebody praise him for those who made that decision. Wow. Listen, again, whether online or in person, you can take a next step from wherever you are by just texting words that are on the screen right now because maybe the next step's baptism. And we would love to celebrate that with you. If you've got questions on what that looks like here at Crossroads, we'd love to answer those questions. As a matter of fact, right across the hall is a next steps room for those of you in person. You can just go across the hall and someone will be glad to answer any question you might have about that. Here's what I want us to do as we get ready to, to leave today. Um, sometimes you just need to take a step. All right, and, and I've said this before, I, I really believe it because when I, when I read the Bible, and I've read the Bible through over 30 times, um, cover to cover, and, and I just see God expecting people to take a step. Just, just take a step. You know, there were a lot of people who wanted healing, but there's a story about a woman who pushed through the crowd. She pushed through the crowd. And she said, I've got to touch him. I've got to touch him. It's awesome that he's here. It's awesome that he's walking there and whatever. But I've got to touch him. I've got to touch him. And maybe there's somebody here today that you're, you, you still say, I've got to touch him. Before I leave today, I've got to touch Jesus. I've got to touch him. I've got to know that I know that I know that I have touched him today because I'm just telling you one touch from him can make all the difference in the world. Just ask that woman who is changed by the power of God. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand Now I want them to sing this song and they're not going to sing it a bunch of times. They're just going to sing it about how God brings us out of the darkness and if you say today today I need to touch Jesus for my marriage to touch Jesus for my mind. I need to touch Jesus for my health. I need to touch Jesus for my kids. I need to touch Jesus. Whatever it is in your life, if you need to touch Jesus before you leave, I want you to come. Just go ahead. Come on down. Come on down. We're going to have our closing prayer and we're going to believe God that he's going to say, set every captive free, break every chain, lift every load, and make a difference in your life today.
just trying to live a godly life in 2022. Just trying to stay pure and holy in an unholy culture. So full of lies, deception. here today and it, it may mean that the same demon's still there. It's like I thought you'd be gone by now. But let me tell you something. You can still have internal freedom, internal joy, internal peace and satisfaction and contentment even if the circumstances don't change. How many know that? It's possible. It's possible. And that's the hope that only God can provide. So let's go to him. Father in heaven, I pray over every person. Lord, especially those who took a step toward you today. God, you when, you, when people did that, mm, you stopped. You just stopped and said, hold on, hold on. Somebody touched me. Somebody got a hold of me. And God, today, I pray that you would stop in this place and say, somebody touched me. Somebody reached out. Somebody by faith got a hold of me today. And I pray that as a result, God, that just like that woman was never the same again. What doctors could not do, what counselors could not do, what money could not provide, what, what, what the world had to offer only left her worse, it says. God, you gave what money couldn't give. You gave what sex couldn't provide. You gave what nothing in this world could offer to her. And you came into her life in power. And God, I ask that today you will do what you've always done. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let power come into every person's life today. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Say that with me. I have a spirit of power. Say it with me. I have a spirit of joy and I have a spirit of God that allows me a sound mind. As of today and every day hereafter, I'm claiming that over my mind and my soul in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody celebrate. Some of you are gonna have to play this one back, okay? You, you do, because you just need to Say, no, devil, let me remind you of something right here. You're trying to remind me of something. I'm going to remind you of something. Let me hit play here. Just hear this again. And so if you got to do that, do that. 
Be careful this week what you allow.